Those who say money can't buy happiness simply don't know where to shop. Bo Derek. Welcome to Solving the Financial Puzzle, where we seek to unravel the mysteries of personal finance. Join us as we help you put together the pieces of your own financial puzzle. This is Solving the Financial Puzzle with certified financial planner, Dan Caprell. So hello, I hope everybody is doing well. Um, interesting weekend for me. Uh, first of all, as I record this, we're still going through a bit of a cold snap. Um, what a winter, huh? Um, it's still snowing in April, crazy. Cincinnati, where I live, we you know we border Kentucky, so we really have a much more of a southern climate. Uh, the Great Lakes don't really have much of an effect on us, but boy, this year. So last um, last weekend, after it seemed like endless weekends of bad weather and not much to do, I, I so desperately want to get out and hit the golf ball. I mean, the Masters was on, and I couldn't even get into it. So I said to my wife, I said, why don't we drive down to Nashville? Now, Nashville is about four hours away. And if you've never been to Nashville, I strongly recommend you go. Even if you don't like country music, if you like any kind of music, I recommend that you go. But the food is excellent, the um, the restaurants are excellent, and the towns are excellent. I had heard about this town south of Nashville called Franklin, and the first time I heard of it was because the University of Iowa's quarterback, C.J. Beathard, I had to think of his name there for a second, C.J. Beathard is from Franklin. Uh, his grandfather was Bobby Beathard, who was a longtime general manager in the NFL. And I've heard other people say what a great place that it is. So I asked my wife, I said, you want to just go down there? We usually go down to Nashville a couple times a year anyway. But this was going to be a little different. We were going to stay away from the, uh, you know, the, the downtown area where all the honky-tonks are. And instead, we were just going to take in this little town and everything that it had to offer. So we did. And we had a fabulous time, just a great little town. We found this uh, plans community just, to, just outside of there, about six miles uh, from downtown Franklin called West Haven. And this is a community that um, basically it's like a mini city in and of itself. It's got its own retail centers and stuff like that, golf course, et cetera. Um, and there's, it's not necessarily targeted towards a certain age or anything like that, but very, very cool. It's so cool that as we sat there and we, we drove around, and we even went into a couple of model homes because that's kind of what we do. You know, just say, eh, let's just check out and see what these are like. I started doing the math. Now, today's show is, is called Cut the Cord. And Cut the Cord is all about saving money. So when we get into the main um, part of this course, the puzzle of the week, I'm going to be talking to you about ways to cut costs. One of the biggest ways you can cut costs, obviously, is to cut your taxes. Tennessee, as you may or may not know, has a zero state income tax. Now, usually when the state income tax is low or is non-existent, as in this case, they get you on property taxes. Because let's face it, every state has to generate revenue some way. So if they're going to cut you on income, well, they're going to get you on property. Not the case with Tennessee. Tennessee, first of all, taxes you not based on your home value, but on your square footage. So if you've got a 3,000 square foot home, your annual tax bill is probably $3,000 a year. It doesn't matter if it's a shack or if it's a mansion. Well, I guess a mansion's not going to be 3,000 square feet, but you get the idea. It could be a 3,000 square foot home in the nicest uh, suburban town with the greatest schools and your property taxes 
are still going to be that. So I'm doing some back of the envelope math here. And I'm realizing that, holy smokes, what a savings for us if we could somehow figure out a way to live in Tennessee. Now, I have a practice in Cincinnati, a very thriving practice in Cincinnati. Um, but as far as a long-term vision about where I may want to go when I get older, et cetera, why not think about it? So that observation then led to a call to our realtor who gave us some wonderful news about the, our area. We've been in our house now for over 10 years. She gave us some really good news about what our house was worth. Now, I have always wanted to live, at least for a little while, in an urban environment. I have a friend who's got a place in downtown Cleveland. My son lives in downtown Indianapolis. Maybe it's because I'm a New Yorker at heart because I grew up in New York. But I've always, I've been for suburbia for so long that I just kind of wanted to give it a shot. So after this little trip, after doing some math, my wife and I have decided, and we haven't finalized anything, although I think we're going to finalize it like today or tomorrow, but we're going to put our house up for sale. And we're going to take those proceeds and we're going to move to downtown Cincinnati. And then we're going to go buy a weekend type place. I guess it really won't be a weekend place. I mean, we really call it a regular place because eventually that's where we're going to live. Um, but for the interim, it might be a place where, you know, we vacation, but we're going to, we're going to buy a place in this community that we saw in Nashville, which if you looked at this place, it's, you, you would go there for vacation. They got everything I do. <laughs> they got ponds, they've got golf. There's even a gun club, not, not too far away. And, um, what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to work it so that even though I'll be spending at least half my time in Cincinnati, if not, well, I guess it's going to be half, be half minus one day. I may not be able to pull this off for a few years. But I want to position this so that I can somehow escape both federal income taxes and property taxes um, by having a home four hours away from where I work. Now I'm going to have we're going to have an apartment in downtown Cincinnati, so we're going to give that. And you know what this this may not work out. We'll see. But I'm very excited about this, and um, so um, I'll keep you abreast of how this goes as we go forward. But what I want you to understand is there's so many ways that you can be creative to cut costs. And in today's episode called Cutting the Cord, we're going to discuss those ways. And uh, the biggest one is, is going to be, um, well, I'll get into that in just a second. Let's, uh, let's get going, though, with today's disclaimer. Okay, well, listen, I don't know you. Um, I may. I hope I'd get to know you. But this show is educational. So please do not take anything that I tell you as direct advice to you. Feel free to call me. If you become a client of mine, we'll be more than happy to give you advice. We have a fiduciary responsibility to our clients. But for our listeners of our show, this is here for information. So before you act on anything you might hear on this show, please talk to your advisor, talk to your accountant, talk to your attorney, whomever the case might be. Um, do not say, well, just because I heard this on the show, it's a good idea. It may be a horrible idea for you. It just depends on your situation. So keep that in mind. And with that, let's go to the puzzle of the week. All right, so the puzzle of the week today that we're going to try to solve is how do we cut costs? How do we lower costs? Now, I talked about previously in the monologue how I'm going to look to reposition where I live as a way to lower taxes. Now, some of you may be thinking, boy, isn't it going to cost a lot to move? Well, in the short run, it will. But the tax savings really are quite large. Um, so it'll more than pay for itself long term. Um, but there's other more simple ways that you can cut costs without even altering your lifestyle. And these are just some of the things that I've done recently. 
So the first one was cable TV. Now, unlike a lot of people, paying for cable never really bothered me. I really didn't think about it too much. It was like a utility bill that would come. I really didn't think there was any other way. And I figured, well, as long as we don't buy a lot of premium movies and stuff, you know, what's the big deal? And then one day my, my trainer, my, my uh, physical trainer, personal trainer, started telling me about these online services like YouTube TV and Hulu TV and uh, Sling TV, where you can get everything a regular TV will give you in terms of cable. You can have all your local stations, all of your favorite uh, news stations, sports stations, ESPN, whatever, for $35 a month. I was like, get out of town. She was right. Now, I had a couple of these smart TVs already in my house. Now, a smart TV is a television that will basically hook from, to the internet. Now, you can still feed the cable line into it, but it can access all your programming via the internet if you belong to a subscription service. So the one I ultimately went with was YouTube TV. Now, you know of YouTube as the place you go to see videos, how-to videos and whatever the case might be. But in this case, they have a full TV service. So all my local channels all my news channels, just about everything that I want, it's there for $35 a month. Doesn't have HBO, but you can have that for like another 10 bucks a month. No big deal. A fraction of what I was paying previously. It's just unbelievable. So I'm saving well over now $100 a month by just switching over. Now, if you don't have a recent, uh, recently purchased TV, if you, uh, you don't have a smart TV, I guess it's a dumb TV, don't worry about it. You can get a little $35 adapter, plug it into the side. It's called a Google Chromecast. There are several different brands out there. And you can do the same thing. Um, it's kind of neat because in some cases, like when you use the Google Chromecast, you're actually going to stream the, the, the TV show from your phone. So you're going to first go to the YouTube TV app on your phone or on your iPad or your computer, your laptop. And then you're going to hit a button that's going to send a signal to your computer. Very cool. But if, you're, if you have one of these smart TVs, chances are it already has the app built in. So you're just turning on the TV, you're scrolling down to the app, you're clicking the app, and then voila, it's all there for you. So think about that. I mean, that's a huge savings. And this is the future of TV. Now, some of you might not feel comfortable with technology. Don't let this scare you, folks. You could be saving well over $1,000 a year by just taking a little extra time. You know, if you have a younger member of your family, let them walk you through it. But something as simple as going to YouTube itself and then just Googling YouTube TV, they'll, they'll give you an overview on how to do it. So very, very simple way to save money without changing your lifestyle at all. You know, you get all these channels. Average person uses 17 channels, but they've got well over 100. Crazy. Well, why not save some money there? Cable company's not happy about it, but that's their problem. I still have the cable company for the internet. I just don't have them for TV. And it hasn't affected me one iota. In fact, I like it better this way because now all the shows that I miss, I can access them on my phone or my computer. I don't have to be in front of my DVR to watch them. So very, very cool. All right, so that's, that's one way that we can, we can cut costs in, in, in this week's uh, Puzzle of the Week. Um, here's another one that, that someone told me, which I thought was a great idea. It is something so small to do. Whenever you go out to eat, never ever buy a soft drink. Just ask for water in a cup. Now, you may like to have a Pepsi here and there, and you can get them on, on, on occasion, but what we're trying to do here is let little amounts of money pile up over time. And so what you can do here is by not 
ever paying for a soft drink in your life from this point forward, when you go to a restaurant, you'd be amazed how that's going to add up. You know, there's a similar approach that I take that some of you may think is, is crazy, but the math works in my favor. And that has to do with warranties. I never buy any kind of warranty ever. Now, sometimes I get burned on that. Rarely though. So whether it be the car, just I bought a new car just recently and they wanted to sell me a warranty for the tires. They said, you know, we got a lot of potholes here, whatever. No matter what happens, you got to, you know, fully replace your tire. The rim, nine yards. Okay, great. How much is it, guys? $1,800. I'm like, guys, what's a full tire repair? 500 Okay, so you're telling me I got to blow out four tires before this is worth it. It doesn't cover normal wear and tear. It just covers, you know, it, it hits a pothole, it, the, the rim gets dented, et cetera. No, nah, that's okay. I'll self-insure that exposure. Now, I may end up hitting a pothole today, and I might be out five, 600 bucks. You know what? I'm still coming out ahead. I've gone to Best Buy, and you'll get like a printer. You get like an $80 printer, and they want to sell you a $30 warranty. Why would you do that? Don't. Now, again, once in a while, you might get burnt. But in aggregate, you're probably not. Um, oh, I'll give you another way, a very easy way to save money without changing your lifestyle. If you ever buy anything on the internet, and I buy, I do a lot of internet shopping. I, I'm not one for going into stores. Before you buy anything, Google whether or not there's any coupons out there. So let's say, for example, you're looking to buy something on Bed Bath & Beyond on their website. Well, before you buy it, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to Google Bed Bath & Beyond coupons. And you're going to be amazed what comes up. I sometimes have saved as much as 40, 50%. Now, I don't use Bed Bath & Beyond, but some of these other places I've gone to, it's amazing. There's always a coupon code out there somewhere. In fact, there are websites that are dedicated towards giving them to you. Now, some are still live and some aren't. You got to try them out. But these are simple little things that you can do to cut costs, help you spread your money out further, and not change your lifestyle. Think about it. And then you can take that money and you can use that to help fill your bucket, which takes us to our next segment, filling the bucket. We're supposed to make a list of all the things we wanted to do in our lives before we kick the bucket. Cutesy. Filling the bucket is all about not waiting in the future, but filling the bucket today. Look, certain things we must wait for. We have to build up our assets. But there's many things in life that we can do right now. Time is a gift. At age 55, I'm reminded of that all the time. I lost one of my closest friends two years ago. Same age. It happens. As I was at that funeral, I decided, you know what? I'm going to start filling this bucket as fast as I can. The bucket list will be filled before I reach the age in which most people try to fill it. I'm going to make that a goal of mine. I may not get it all, but I'm going to try my best. So today, when it comes to filling the bucket, I want to speak to those of you who have always had a goal of writing a book. Now, this isn't everybody, but it's a pretty high percentage of people who have said, you know, I just would love to do that. You know, the book lasts forever, but boy... I don't know how to write or what an undertaking and, and how could I ever go about getting somebody to publish it? Well, here's the beautiful thing, folks. You don't need anybody to publish your book today and it costs essentially nothing to write and publish a book. So let me explain. I've written several books. 
Um, if you're a listener of this podcast, you might want to get a copy of my book, Retirement Rescue, which I co-authored with my partner, Nikki Early. What I want you to understand is today, the technology is such that you can go to a website like createspace.com. And on that site, you can upload anything that you've written, anything, and you can have it put in book format. And the cost per copy, just a little over $2 a copy. And you can buy as few or as many books as you want. Now, you can take this to all different levels. Oh, by the way, that book that you publish on CreateSpace, they'll put it on Amazon as well. So if you wanted to write a book that maybe only the members of your immediate family would ever read, great, go ahead, do it. I mean, it's dirt cheap. And who cares if it's good or not? You're only writing it for your family. If you do have something to say and you think other people might want to hear it and you're willing to do a little bit of work on the promotional side, well, you can do that too. But CreateSpace.com is a great place for you to, to write a book. You can change it. You can, you can work with an editor if you want. There's a great website called Fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R.com, where you can find an editor who will help you edit your book, which is actually one of the biggest challenges for it. Maybe it's a book of poetry that you've always just wanted to have. You know, maybe you're, maybe you're just an amateur poet. You, you put poems here and notebooks and stuff. Wouldn't it be kind of cool to just put them all together? Give them to your loved ones as a gift? Totally cool. What about writing stories about your children and what they were like as kids and then including photographs in with that book? You can do that too. You can fill that bucket right now. And it costs you almost nothing. So check that out, createspace.com. If you want to talk more to me about how to do that, feel free to reach out. Um, you can go to my website, dancapril.com, and you can contact me there. You can email me, dan at mattsdancapril.com. Be more than happy to uh, share that with you. But uh, check it out. You can write a book tomorrow if you want. I've written three already. And trust me, these are not works of Shakespeare, but they're informative. And it's a great way to share your message, createspace.com. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. This week's question comes from Miles of Norwood. Miles writes, which of my accounts should I withdraw first when I retire? My 401k, my Roth IRA, my brokerage account that mainly consists of mutual funds, or the extra cash they have in the bank. Well, first of all, Miles, I want to applaud you on this diversification of assets. Excellent job, my friend. You've got money in what I call the tax now accounts, the tax later accounts, and the tax never accounts. So that's excellent. All right. I want you to get away from this bucket mentality that we too often have, which says we have to first deplete this account, then deplete that account. You don't want to do it that way because taxes are a real issue and we have to be mindful of them as we go. So the first thing I would tell you, Miles, is that I would always want to know how much are you going to be able to shelter from income taxes every year? Now, with the new tax law, for most people who are retired, it's going to be about 25000 So you're going to be able to have $25,000 of income and not pay any tax at all. You might be able to deduct a few things, but chances are most people are going to be taking the standard deduction. And under the new law, there's no more deductions and exemptions. It's just one big standard deduction. So they got rid of the exemptions. Now, if you have more than $25,000 of deductions, great. 
But just keep in mind under the new law, things like property taxes and um, state income taxes, they're capped combined at 10. That's the SALT tax. You probably heard about state and local tax. So it may be that you are now going to be using a more simple form in doing your taxes going forward. All right. So let's just assume that your deductions are the standard 25,000. So the first thing that I'm going to want to do is make sure you use up that full $25,000 of standard deduction. So I might recommend that we pull some money out of the 401k or IRA account to do just that. Now, I also need to be mindful of what tax you could owe on your social security benefits. I don't want you to have to pay any tax on your social security benefits. Now, depending on whether or not you're married, it's going to determine how much income that we're going to have. But in general, I'd probably want you to take, you know, close to 25,000 from the 401k slash IRA because you can have that tax free because you're going to be able to apply your standard deduction against it. All right. The, um, the Roth would allow you to take whatever else you need tax free. The cash accounts, you're only going to be pay tax on the interest you earn from those. So it's going to be minimal. So your answer, uh, Miles, is probably a little bit of those three. Now, of course, you're going to get Social Security benefits along the way. But if we do this properly and we can keep your, your what's called your modified adjusted gross income under, say, $35,000, then we're going to protect some, if not all of your social security benefits from taxation at all. If you're, if you're married, once we get to $44,000 of modified adjusted gross income, then we're in the position where we start paying tax on almost all of your benefits. And I don't want you to do that. So you're going to take it from a combination of all these things So just know that, all right, know that it's not as easy as well, I'll hit this account, then that account, then this account. I've seen people in their early retirement years, they'll live off of cash and the Roth, and they're happy because they don't owe any federal income taxes. And I, I try to point out to them that chances are they could have generated some income and still not paid any federal income taxes, or maybe use up the 10% bracket, which is a historically low bracket. So we don't want to ignore those possibilities. If you're not paying any tax, you need to ask yourself, how much more income could you generate and still not pay any tax? And you want to generate that income. You don't want to give up the, the opportunity to move some of your money that's sitting in taxed later accounts, like your 401k, your IRA. You don't want to give up the opportunity of pulling that money out tax-free if you still have room under your deductions to, to take that. All right. So I hope that's clear. Uh, so great, great question. It's not an easy answer. It is going to depend on you. And it's also going to depend on the level of taxation that you're likely to face. But great question, Miles. I appreciate you uh, sending that into us. So we're winding down on this week's show. But before we do, every week on Solving the Financial Puzzle podcast, we have a puzzle solver assignment. And this is where you have a download that you can apply to your current situation to help you improve your personal financial situation. So earlier in the show, we were talking about ways to cut waste in your life, the way you spend your money. So today's download is a summary of every dollar you spend in a given month. And what I want you to do, if you're serious about 
cutting waste in your life and freeing up more money for the things that you really enjoy in your life, what you're gonna do is you're gonna follow the exercise on this sheet, which means for the next 30 days, you're gonna track your expenses. Every time you spend a dollar on anything, I don't care if it's Starbucks or if it's groceries or if you buy a candy bar, I want you to write down that expense. Now, one of the things you're gonna find is if you do this for 30 days, around day 10 or 12, something dramatic is gonna to happen to you. You're gonna find yourself not spending nearly the amount of money you've spent before. Now, I tell people to do this exercise just as a way to gather data. Because often I'll ask people, how much money do you need? And they have no idea. So I say, okay, why don't we keep track of your expenses for a whole month? Just write down every expense you have. Now, don't just put it on your credit card. If you pay for it with your credit card, make sure you still write down on the sheet what you spent. Because I want it to be in, your, in the front of your mind at all times. So we're gonna go ahead and do that. So you'll see that on, on this week's Puzzle Solver Assignment. It'll explain to you how to do just this. But you're gonna find around day 12 that you're gonna start cutting your consumption, almost subconsciously, because you're gonna get tired of confessing to yourself every day that you spent money on a candy bar or Starbucks or something that you didn't need. Now, at the end of this month, you're gonna have an incredible amount of data that you're then gonna be able to look at and find the waste in your life. And you're gonna be able to cut it. And I'll tell you this, if you continue with this exercise going forward where you literally wrote down every dollar you spent, I know that sounds incredibly tedious, eventually you'll actually start to enjoy it. You're gonna find yourself to become a lot wealthier. Because a lot of things you spent money on in the past that you did not need, you're not gonna be spending your money on it any longer. But I'm actually more interested in the data. Where is your money going? Because once we know that, now it is very easy for us to separate what is truly essential with what is non-essential versus what is truly waste in our expenses. So download this week's Puzzle Solver assignment by going to our website, dancapril.com. It'll take you right to the podcast pages. You click on today's show. So if you're, if you're listening to this program through um, iTunes or Stitcher, Go to dancapril.com. That'll take you right to the podcast section on our website. Click on today's show, which is called Cutting the Cord. And if you scroll down the bottom, you're going to see the worksheet for this week's Puzzle Solver Assignment. Well, that kind of wraps up today's show. I want to leave you with just a couple of um, calls to action, if you will, things that you can get going with to start um, making your life more fulfilling as it comes to matters of personal finance. If you go to dancapril.com, you're going to be able to sign up for our weekly newsletter, which is called Your Money Jigsaw. comes out every single week, obviously. has a lot of great tips and ideas, uh, things you can uh, find in the area of personal finance. So I strongly recommend that you subscribe to that if you don't get it already. Also, I also want to recommend that you uh, get a copy of our Retirement Rescue Toolkit. Now, this is a kit full of great information. There's a book, there's an audio CD, there's a DVD. A lot of materials that we've put together on ways to make your uh, your retirement a lot better, especially when it comes to lowering taxes. So earlier, Miles had asked about where he should pull his money from. And I said, it's not quite that easy. We need to do it in a way that minimizes your taxes during retirement. And in, in the Retirement Rescue Toolkit, there's a lot of information on that subject. So the way to get it is very simple. Just go to retirementrescuetoolkit.com. Enter your information and we'll get it off to you. 
So I want to thank you for listening to this week's edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle podcast. I look forward to talking to you soon. And remember, dancapril.com, a lot of great information. Talk soon. Thanks for tuning in to Solving the Financial Puzzle. If you want to find out more about Dan Capril or about today's topic, visit matsonandcapril.com. And be sure to join us for the next edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle. Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Dan Capril is an investment advisor representative of NPM Wealth Advisors and Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC. Both firms are registered investment advisors. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a private policy statement for either firm, call 800-353-7923.